taught all these things and our culture is giving us so many conflicting messages as we're coming along, is it any wonder that we struggle to even know what does that mean? What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, how are you feeling in your body today? How is your libido? How is your connection with your sexuality in your body? Maybe you're feeling completely disinterested these days. Maybe you're always feeling too tired or too bloated or too frustrated to indulge this side of yourself. Maybe you wonder if you just aren't a very sexual person or if something's wrong with you. Or maybe you say something to yourself that I used to say all of the time, which is, if I just lost the weight or I just felt better in my body, I'd feel more comfortable being intimate. These are really important questions. And no matter what you're feeling, I can promise it is normal. And it's even more normal for this to come up in perimenopause because of the impact on our brains and bodies with the shifting of these hormones. So knowing that so many of you are experiencing this like I was, I wanted to invite an amazing expert on today to talk about this piece specifically, or more specifically, how to reconnect with your feminine fire in perimenopause. So let me introduce you to Amanda Testa, who is a somatic embodiment coach specializing in sex, relationships, and trauma resolution. As a trusted healer, teacher, and guide for almost a decade, she's supported hundreds of clients and thousands of students over the years to heal their relationship with their sexuality, shamelessly embrace pleasure, own their sexy confidence, and cultivate deeply connected relationships with her fiercely loving support. When she's not leading transformative sessions, you can find her snuggling with her spunky 11-year-old, flirting with her sexy hubs, playing in nature, enjoying live music, and having epic conversations about sex with fellow experts on her Find Your Feminine Fire podcast. So I am so excited to introduce you to and welcome Amanda to the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, I agree. And I can just from reading your bio, I'm like, well, no wonder we we connect so easily and get along so well. We have a lot in common. Yes. Yeah. And I love all the work that you're supporting. I love your podcast as well. And I just think, you know, I love how it's really the simple things that we do over time that really make a huge difference. And I think that's something you speak to that I find is so key as well. Cause I think this is a time that can feel like a roller coaster, yeah. but there's support. And so it doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like the more we kind of get out of our own way and talk about it and connect that I think the, the less scary or overwhelming it becomes, right? So, and you talk about something that I think, I mean, I feel like perimenopause is a taboo topic, but I feel like sex and like 
sexual connection with oneself and with our partners is a really hush hush topic overall. So I'm I'm really grateful that you kind of peel back the layers on this for people and um and make it more comfortable, more normal. So thank you. I'm super excited about this juicy conversation to talk about helping women in midlife connect more or reconnect more deeply with their feminine side. But before we dive into that, I would love for you to share a little bit about how you became a somatic embodiment coach specializing in sex and relationships and uh, trauma resolution. Yes. It's interesting because I never thought this would be my path, like many. And I think there's a certain times of your life that are really like initiation periods and I was, I had just had a baby, which is one big initiating initiation period. If any parent out there knows. And I remember my daughter was around um, a year and a half old and it was a beautiful time of life and also a really challenging time of life. Yeah. And I just remember, I thought I was doing all the things that I needed to do for myself, but I would just wake up just oh, so exhausted and resentful before the day even began. And I just remember this one specific morning and I woke up and it was pouring down snow and I was like going to the bathroom and my, you know, my baby was screaming in the other room for me to come get her. And I was just so tired, kicking toys and just like, ah, why doesn't anyone else help me clean up? You know, all those thoughts <laughs> were like <laughs> raging through my mind. And I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I like, I had zero connection with the person looking back at me. And I just knew in that moment, I was like, I have to figure out what is going on. And I thought I was doing all the right things, right? I was taking good care of myself. I was a personal trainer as well. And I used to teach workouts for moms called Stroller Strides. If any oh, of you wow. are familiar, they're fit for mom. If you see the like moms at the park pushing their kiddos. Totally. The I did one of those classes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, but I was just like, something is missing. And I knew I wasn't alone in that because being that I was with a lot of moms and Stroller Strides, we're all like you know, this piece around coming back to yourself felt so hard. Mm -hmm. And so I just started following the breadcrumbs. I was like, I don't know what is the answer, but I am open. And so I was just following the breadcrumbs and I started working with a, a coach, which was amazing because that was the first time I'd ever invested in myself that way. And just kind of realizing like, what is important to me? Who am I now? This transition into motherhood would just like threw me for a loop because I you know, I'd been in a huge corporate career for a decade and I stepped away from that. And I was like, I want to follow my passions of health and wellness. And so hence becoming the personal trainer and teaching yeah. stroller strides. But I realized through that path that I also came across the breadcrumbs of one of my mentors around a course on sexuality. And I was like, well, that surely couldn't hurt because if anyone with a new baby knows the, that, that department can use some help oftentimes. Yeah. And I never really thought any much about it. I was like, oh yeah, we have great sex. Everything's fine. Um, why would I want to work on that? But I was like, you know what? Something's telling me to do this. And so through this program, I realized it was so much about connecting to my body, mm -hmm. listening to its whispers, as you know so well, Yeah. how to speak the language of my body, learning how to connect with myself, learning what brought me pleasure, what brought me joy. And really so much of it was connecting to myself and realizing what does sexuality just for me mean versus being, you know, having it be something just for my partner or having it be an expression of, I don't know, I, I had such, I learned so much about myself in the process. Mm. Zero clue. I was like, this is mind blowing. Every, every woman on the world needs to know this. I just want to sing this from the mountaintops because I had just discovered ways to tap into my own energy, um, ways to 
be in my body in a whole new way that felt just so delicious in my skin. Like no matter what I was looking like on the outside, it's like feeling delicious in my skin. That is just a wonderful description. So anyways, long story, that was a long version of it, but that's how I started this path because I realized like this work around my sexuality was the most impactful of anything I'd ever done. And I just know that so many people aren't even aware this is a possibility Mm -hmm. and it's huge. So that's how I started doing it. That's amazing. You know, I certainly think that moment you shared there of like looking at yourself in the mirror and not feeling connected to that person. Like, you know, I think that happens, especially around these hormonally shifting times of like pregnancy, postpartum, you know, and perimenopause, menopause. So that's such a relatable point. And I have to ask that that part when you started to almost give yourself permission to explore this part of yourself. Was that hard? Was that like, did anything come up for you? Cause I almost feel like there's shame around even prioritizing oneself enough to pay attention or go following those breadcrumbs around our like sexuality, around our intimacy, around what brings us pleasure. Does that make sense? It does. And I so appreciate you asking that question, Bria, because I think that's something to pause and realize. I've been doing this work for so long now, I forget like, oh my gosh, I was so mortified. I remember at the time mm. because I was raised, I was a debutante in Georgia, right? I was raised in a really conservative Southern Baptist yeah. environment, you know, all of that. I remember in eighth grade, uh, a Sunday school teacher told me that if I held hands with the boy, I would go to hell. So this is like the background that I was working with. And of course, so I remember, you know, like, and then of course, when I get to my teenage years and college and like, like, you know, young adulthood and just like exploring and, you know, I never really, I guess I just didn't find, I didn't think it was such a bad thing. I was like, well, this is, why is everybody saying this is so bad? Like, Mm -hmm. seems amazing anyways. But I, I remember when I first started doing this work, there was a Facebook group, right. For everybody in the course. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what if I, someone knows me in there? I was, did not want to join the Facebook group. I was so embarrassed. And that is something I hear from so many women is just like, this is embarrassing. Like, this is mortifying. I don't want to talk about it. Or I should just know this. Like, isn't Mm. this just something innate that we should know? Um, And no, it's not. It's not at all. Well, you know, this just kind of reminds me of like when, when that series Sex in the City came on the scene and it was it, honestly in my life, that was the first time where you're seeing, you know, particularly Samantha Jones as like someone who's, you know, as a woman really openly enjoying her sex life and giving permission to people to not be ashamed about it. So we're talking, I mean, that would have been the early 2000s. I mean, that's a lot of years of of women not, uh, not having that permission or not even seeing that as a normal thing. So I get that. Yes, because we would get so shamed for it, Mm -hmm. right? There's no really way to be a woman in this world today, right? There's just so much around it. And I love how the Barbie movie, if any of you have seen that that monologue, when she's like, well, you have to be pretty, but not too pretty. And you have to be sexy, but not too sexy because then you'll be a slut. And if you're a slut, then no one want to marry you. And if you have sex before marriage, you know, then you're going to go to hell and, you know, all these kind of things that we hear. Right. And so of course, if you're taught all these things and our culture is giving us so many conflicting messages as we're coming along, is it any wonder that we struggle to even know what does that mean? How am I supposed to be 
Yes. That actually ties right into one of my questions. Like I know we share a really common messaging around the importance of really listening to and hearing the messages from our body. And you actually have a great post about this on Instagram. So make sure you go, I'll, I'll link it to uh, Amanda's Instagram in the comments. Make sure you guys go and check, check it out um, about, but can you talk a bit about like what it means in terms of hearing these messages, why it matters, and really how culture, like we just talked a little bit about it, but how culture has taught us from a young age not to listen to our bodies? Yes. Well, I talked about this in the Instagram post, but it's so much from even when we are going to school for the first time Mm -hmm. and we say you're in kindergarten and you need to use the bathroom, but you can't go to the bathroom until it's time for the bathroom break, Mm -hmm. right? Or you're hungry, but you can't eat until it's time for lunch. Or you're thirsty and you can't drink water until it's time to drink water. And so those little things seem benign, but actually those are some of the beginnings of learning to listen to what our body wants and needs, Mm. right? Like if you're thirsty, you need to drink. If you need to go to the bathroom, you need to go to the bathroom. But we learn to just like pause that and just wait till it's convenient, right? Or even Mm -hmm. like when we grow up into, you know, into starting having our period and learning that instead of embracing the cycles and working with them, as I know you talk about, yeah, it's more of, well, this is just an inconvenience. So I'm just going to like take some Advil and just, you know, put a tampon in and not worry about it or whatever. Oh, cramps are normal. All these things that are common, but not normal necessarily. Right. Yeah. So it's all of that ways. We just like stop, stop listening to what our body's telling us. Stop yes. listening to the cues. Almost become like a bit of a dictator, I feel like, like this dictator to our body as opposed to, you know, a commonwealth, <laughs> you know, an experience of going through it together. That's really, that's fascinating. I hadn't really tied it back to as far even as that example you give in kindergarten, which is why I liked that post so much. Mm. Um, how do you feel like this shows up or plays out years and years later in perimenopause for women? I mean, specifically it's tailored, but specifically around sex, around relationships, around trauma yes. resolution. Well, I think what's so interesting around this time is it's another initiation, right? You're moving into perimenopause and then into menopause. It's a totally different time of life. And oftentimes a lot of the things that we maybe never dealt with are starting to rear their ugly heads again, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's just stuff that we've just like pushed down, shoved down and not really wanted to deal with. But as we experience all these tra- changes, right? We have to reckon with aging. We have to reckon with our body changing. We have to reckon with our hormones doing all kinds of things that we have to reckon with kind of listening. It's hard to ignore the messages of our bodies at this time. Yeah, And I think this is when a lot of people are kind of reevaluating and being like, okay, what is going on? Why do I have all this like extra weight? Why do I never feel in the mood? Why can't I orgasm the way I once did? What's going on? Mm. And I think those are some of the ways that people actually, it sometimes has to be like a brutal shaking up for people to pause and pay attention to what their body needs, right? And this perimenopause is certainly that time, right? Yes, yes. I love that you say it it, because I've always looked at it very much as like our body whispers, it whispers and whispers. And then when it gets fed up, it starts screaming at us through these symptoms. So it's um, to hear you kind of tie it together like that makes so much sense to me, for sure. That's incredible. And so when you think about like these whispers or or how these messages have kind of gotten louder, um, like libido is definitely, or a lack of libido, lack of inability to orgasm, things like that are are all a part of those messages. Right. And oftentimes too, it's maybe you've not taken the time to really understand your body at 
d- deeper levels, mm-hmm. right? I often find it's fascinating when I started doing this work. Um, I, you know, as a well-educated person, and still, when I started really learning about female anatomy, you know, the vulva owner's anatomy, everything around that, there was so much there yeah. that I didn't even realize. And so when we don't even, we're never even taught these things. So unless you actually go out and seek the information, a lot of it, you don't even know, like the pleasure potential of our bodies. We don't even know. Mm -hmm. And so I think even just realizing, well, if things aren't working like they once did, and maybe I never even knew how they worked Mm -hmm. to begin with, then it, it feels even harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, like a common challenge that I hear from my clients, of course, is really tied around that libido. I don't even know that we get to the part where I'm not even orgasming yet. It's like this or like the libido or lack of it maybe is a better way. Mm -hmm. And in in my practice and my experience, it often has a lot more to do with energy and mindset than actual lubrication and drive. So it improves, you know, when, when we have more energy, all of a sudden, when we're not in hormonal chaos, we have more energy, then we have more space or bandwidth for an interest even at all. But can you share a little bit about how, you know, our mindset and past experiences might be creating challenges around libido and desire for women in this time, in this stage? Yes. And I think this is a great time to look at that. And Mm -hmm. kind of, if you can go back to even the stories that you were told growing up, because I often work with women who are even in their sixties and some of the messaging they received when they were young Mm -hmm. is still showing up, but they never really put the two and two together. So oftentimes when we think about what's standing in the way of me being in the mood, what's standing in the way of me feeling that drive, which there's a lot of nuance there, but even it's kind of looking back is what were you taught? What were Mm -hmm. the stories that you learned about sex coming along? Mm -hmm. What were the things that your family told you, that your culture told you, that your community told you? Yeah. What were the experiences that you went through? Were there negative experiences that might still be, you know, having some residual effect, Mm -hmm. which one of the things I love about one of my, um, one of my teachers and mentors around trauma always, that's how she defines the word is, um, is it's, it's an embodied violation hangover. So while whatever might've happened, you know, that's in the past, but we still are having remnants of it in our bodies. Embodied violation hangover. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. You have to write that down. (laughs) Yes. That's from Rachel Maddox, one of my mentors. I love that because it's, you know, it's true. And that's how sometimes often when I think like when we have these transitions, childbirth can bring a lot of this up, perimenopause, Mm. menopause can bring a lot of this up where, you know, there's just things aren't connecting in the way they once did. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're finally, these things are bubbling up being like, pay attention mm-hmm. to me. And I, and you, and that's when it has to, you know, just spend some time with those things that are coming up mm-hmm. and give them the time. And it's not even like you have to go back to any of these things. You don't have to necessarily go back to those stories, but just kind of understanding what were the things that you were told and taught and how might that be affecting you today? That's interesting. So it's almost just like we we don't necessarily need to go down and re, re revisit all the hard parts, but at least just kind of tie it together, have a nice overarching understanding and kind of revisit how do I really feel about it as an adult, as a person in this stage in my life. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Yes. And you definitely because you don't you definitely don't want to be reliving all those things mm-hmm. um, without support, but also just knowing like as an adult, what you know today, what mm-hmm. do you know to be true? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you know to be true about sex? Yeah. What do you know, be know to be true about your body? Mm-hmm. And what do you know to be true about like all of those things that might be coming up? Yeah. 
So, okay. So here we are where, you know, we have a woman who's maybe struggling in perimenopause and, you know, she is starting to realize she has this space and energy, but maybe there's, you know, maybe she wants to explore this area, but it's uncomfortable. What, you know, what do you suggest there for women to, yeah, what do you suggest for them to start to feel more comfortable with it, to start to maybe even broach that conversation like first with themselves, but then with their partner, if they have a partner, I mean, it feels big. Yeah, it is big because like you mentioned earlier, there's so much taboo around it. Our culture doesn't really embrace it. And so it can feel really scary to talk about. And I think like you say, first exploring with yourself can be huge, Mm -hmm. right? What, you know, what feels embarrassing or where is the shame rooted in? What is it rooted Mm -hmm. in? Right. Or does this feel like, I don't know, I shouldn't be talking about this or oftentimes even just bringing it up can um, you know, emotion can come. Maybe there's mm-hmm. tears, maybe there's whatever is coming up, even just with this topic. Mm-hmm. So just know if you're listening, maybe that's happening, just maybe take a breath or two. Yeah. And pause. It's, you know, and just kind of be with whatever's coming up. Mm-hmm. But I, I but I think that's it is like you can even just write about it. Like what if that shame part of you, if the part that's like, mm, this feels hard, just let that part. Let it get it all out, like journal mm-hmm. it all out, every single thing about it. Spend like 20 or 30 minutes. I like to put on a timer because oftentimes, you know, when you get to the 30 minute mark, that's when actually the, the juice comes out. Wow. That's really cool. That's powerful to think 30 minutes, if you can kind of settle in there. Um, what's so interesting, I think that you're saying it's, you know, we have these messages when we're young, like we, you know, we need to go to the bathroom, we need to eat that we have been taught to kind of ignore or put to the side, we'll call it. But then even this piece around here, it's like these flags that come up, like feelings of discomfort is what you're saying are are also kind of flags and almost like opportunities for us to learn more about ourselves in that moment. Like, why do I feel this way? Is that what you're saying? Yes. that's That's so good. Because I think when, so it's not only have we been taught to kind of ignore basic functionality of our body, but these voices, these words, these things that come up, like these whispers and messages seem to come up in so many ways. And we we really have been taught to kind of stiff upper lip it, you know, just move through or yes. not take the time, I guess, to digest it. And I think that can be one of the frustrating things about sexuality is you can't just like push through, mm-hmm. you know, so often we're like, I'm just going to push through and I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to. You know, it, it's one of those things where you can only go as fast as the slowest part of you is ready to go. Oh, that's a good way. As fast as the slowest part of you is ready to go. It almost reminds me of like that analogy with sand. Like when you try to hold on to sand, it slips through the fingers. It's like sleep. You can't control sleep, you know, or love. You can't control love. Like, so that love with yourself, that, you know, intimate level with yourself is really, it needs just space and to be allowed. So we have to almost surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which just so surrender interesting. Part. That yeah. is a hard tar- part too, right? I think that's the hardest part for so many of us, especially around this age is just surrendering to let time kind of like taking down time and surrendering. How, how much do you think downtime or rest and leisure time plays in our growth opportunity around around our, our sexual connection with self? Yes. That's a, such a good question. I know a lot of times I work with a lot of high achieving people yeah, that are too. just like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of counter. The mind is like, what? Slowing down. I don't have time mm-hmm. for that. I have too much to do. I got to multitask. 
Um, you know, that kind of thing. So it makes it hard to be like, wait a minute, you want me to spend how much time doing what? Right. It's yeah. like, that feels hard, but honestly, when it comes, that's why I really love the term sensual self-care. That's what I love to teach a lot sensual of my sensual self-care? self-care. Yeah. Sensual self-care, which is really taking time to just be with your body mm-hmm. and what it needs. And, you know, that can be just sensually, like maybe, you know, just focusing on your senses. Like mm-hmm. if you could give yourself 20 minutes, 10 minutes to just tune in. What does my body need right now? How can I just attune to its wishes? Mm. Maybe I'm hot and I want to put a shirt on. Maybe I'm cold and want to take a layer off, right? Maybe I want to move a little bit. Maybe I want to curl up in a ball, you know, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, it's just listening. And that is such a beginning start of listening to your body's wishes. Yeah. Because again, something I see with a lot of type, type A people that are really go, go, go is often they push themselves in all areas, including sexually, which means they've said yes when their body was really a no. And over time, that can turn up to be a lot of pain, like pelvic pain, all kinds of things can happen with that. Mm. So it's like slowing down to listen, like, what does my body really want? Right, right. What is a yes and what's a hell no? Exactly. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh, <laughs> that's really interesting. I like that. Thank you, Amanda. So how do you, like, how do we know it's something we need to work on? Like if, you know... So if I'm I'm working with women in perimenopause, we've kind of calmed their hormonal chaos. So there's, we now have some bandwidth to, to like, look at these areas of our life. Um, I really look at it like, you know, there's like food on our plate and then there's the primary food of life where like intimacy and sexuality, like please, and connection. I mean, and relationships, it plays such a huge part of that pie. You know, how do we know that's an important, how do we get real honest with ourselves, I guess, and know that's a part of what we need to work on? I think, you know, when you have that bandwidth of, okay, I've dealt with some of the major stresses and my body's a little more ready now, mm-hmm. because oftentimes you can't get there until your body's a little more ready. Mm-hmm. And then, and you have this bandwidth, you have this space, like, what do I do now? And that's when you can start to play and create these little pockets of time for just exploration. I love mm-hmm. that because we often haven't spent the time. And as our bodies change, it's learning to relove yourself in this new, in this new iteration of who you are, yeah. learning to love your body and all its glory and all that might entail. Yeah. So it's, it's a multi-pronged thing, but part of it is just giving yourself that time to nourish yourself, to be kind to your body, mm-hmm. to learn it. And that's when I, that's where, again, I'll bring in sensual self-care because there's things that you can learn, you know? There's different practices that you can play with and just making time to learn. And the reason, you know, is I think oftentimes people come to me and they're like, I've done all this work. You know, I know my sexuality is just like that final frontier I've not conquered. Mm -hmm. And I really want to feel comfortable. I want to enjoy sex more. I want to feel in my body and not be thinking about the 15 million things on my list that I have to do next. And part of being able to slow down is like learning to do it with yourself so that you can then slow down with your partner, yeah, learning what you like. So then you can communicate that because oftentimes, again, especially when you're in perimenopause, oftentimes people have been in long-term relationships, not always, but often at this stage of life, you yeah. have a long-term partnership. And so that, and again, can feel challenging because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I feel bored or things are just monotonous or whatever it is. So there's, you know, that too, like, yeah, that can be an, another thing that shows up, right. Just feeling, eh. Yeah. Feeling bored. And it is, it is 
it's the journey into new experience that always kind of re-sparks things, isn't it? So whether it yes. begins with you and yourself or it begins with you and your partner, if they're open at that point, those new things create sparks, don't they? They sure do. Oh, that's amazing. Um, okay. Can can you share any other tips then? For This has been super powerful. I love hearing. I think that what I'm hearing from you is that once we start to have the bandwidth to handle these things. If we have a real conversation with ourselves around, you know, how satisfied am I in this area? And if it's a lower number, starting to take the time or do the sensual self-care um, is a really good start there. But so we start to do these things. Are there any other tips for women you recommend on how to begin to re reconnect with this feminine fire or even the confidence piece? Because I think that's a big piece of it. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the simplest things I love to share, and I know this might be, it might feel, again, it's simple, but it's so powerful. As I love to, I'll share with you just one ritual that I do every day that I oh, would yeah. love to invite if anyone feels called. Because I think, again, type, we're busy people. We want to multitask, but I like to rephrase that into being really intentional about mm -hmm. what we're doing. So mm -hmm. taking a shower with intention, for example. Mm -hmm. And in bringing in real connection to your body in this. So even as you go to get in the shower and you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, instead of immediately going to all the things you don't like, you are going to start to say three things you appreciate about what you see in the mirror. It could be about personality traits. It could be anything at all that you appreciate. But before you get even in the shower, that's the first thing is you are going to name three things. Because often, let's be honest, before you get in the shower, you're usually not looking. I mean, for me, I'll just speak for myself. I am usually not looking my best. It's mm -hmm. one of the most like um, challenging times, times. vulnerable yeah. times, right? And so as we age and see these different things of ourselves, this is a really powerful thing to look at that with compassion mm -hmm. versus judgment, which again, that can be a journey, but this is the practice of it. Mm -hmm. And you get in the shower and this is when you can start to indulge your senses, right? Really feeling, letting your skin feel the warm water and just like luxuriating in that sensation of the Good warm, word, luxuriating. Right? Really mm -hmm. let yourself enjoy it. Um, enjoy the smell of your products, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I got, I highly recommend a scalp massager. I got this scalp massager and like when you massage, like when you wash your hair, massage your scalp feels amazing. And also it's good for like hair flow, um, blood flow to the scalp, which can be good if you have thinning hair. Anyways, so like massaging your scalp, like really making it delicious. Mm. And then the thing I really love to do here is a breast massage. Now, this is such a powerful thing because in the Taoist philosophy, which is one I really love because, you know, as we're moving into menopause, it's actually in Chinese medicine, it's called the second spring. So instead of our life force energy going down and out, it's, it's going up. Like we can use it for our, our mastery, our, our spiritual growth. And so, and also, you know, our hands are connected to our heart. And so when we do a breast massage, it's a really beautiful form of self-care and self-love. Mm -hmm. And this can be really challenging. So whether or not you have physical breasts, you can, you know, if you don't feel comfortable touching your body yet, you can always do it energetically. But I always bring this in as like, okay, what are some things you want to bring into your sexuality or your sensuality if sexuality feels too hard? Mm -hmm. and, and just do a breast massage. And so it simply is like you kind of massage down on the outside of the breast, up on the inside. And just kind of do the circular motion and just like take some deep breaths. Maybe let fall out 
any negative negativity because we hold a lot here too in our chest as women. We hold so much in our heart. And so just giving it a minute to connect and like be with this part of you. And it can be really beautiful as well because often again, as we're aging, our body's going to shift into bringing compassion to these parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And doing that. So that's my extra bonus self-care I do in the bath, in the shower. Oh, I love that. And I loved how you, I, I can't believe I've never heard it's called a second spring. You said that in Chinese medicine, they call it that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, and that makes so much sense when you see how creative women can become as they make this transition, how much more space I think we have. Now that I think we're not solely reproductively driven, it gives us this space to be more bold, I think more creative, more honest, more real. So I love that you're saying that and and honoring our body has got to bring a lot of creative juices to that puzzle for us. Yes. And I, you know, our sex force, our, excuse me, our life force energy, our sexual energy, it really is connected, right? It's that, mm-hmm. it's that energy and you kind of have to connect to it and use it right? Just like any workout. I like yeah. to joke. It's the workout we don't talk about. The central mm-hmm. self-care is the workout we don't talk about wow. because it's like anything. We have to nourish that energy so it continues to flow so it doesn't get stagnant and you know shut down. That's why it's like when we reignite that feminine fire, it can come back no matter how old you are, no matter what your situation is, if you want it to. Yeah. So yeah. So then the final step of the shower is after you get out, you know, you just are loving with how you, you know, if you put lotion on, really massage your body, bringing love to it. I love that. It's It's a beautiful practice. And so then not only does your shower, you get clean, you do the thing you're already doing, but it becomes this ritual of adornment, of love. It's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And it makes me think, so in, you know, in holistic health around like balancing our hormones, I really like to look at it as we have these, like everybody's different. But at the end of the day, we do have kind of some foundational pillars of health that like sleep and functional movement and like eating three times a day and stress management are key pieces to create a foundation of health. That's going to look a little different on everyone. Would you say this sensual self-care is a foundational piece of sexuality? Or I totally, I really believe it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the foundation. Mm-hmm. Pleasure is the foundation of everything, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we just have to relearn how to connect to that yeah. in an intentional way. Yeah. One of the first books I ever read in this kind of area was by Mama Gina called, I think it's called Pussy Reclamation. And her concept, uh, yeah, it's like, I'm just, I'm reminded of her talking to you because you embody so much of that yourself and share that message. And I think one of the most powerful things that has consistently stuck with me is this idea of rupturing, of releasing to create space for the pleasure and joy. Uh, Because it is, I mean, animals have pleasure and play like kids play naturally. Like it's such an important part of our health or overall health and happiness. And yet sometimes we need to make space for it in there. So I think that even that practice of, of um, sensual self-care that you said, I love that. Thank you. What an, what an incredible tip to share today. You're very welcome. I love Mama Gina. Yeah. And I think it is true. Like you were saying, there has to be the rupture sometimes. Yeah. And so Sometimes that's the sensual self-care might look like that, right? Maybe you need to have a, like a screaming fit for a minute. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe you need to, whatever's there, but that's kind of what being with your body and attuning to whatever's here. That's what you give it the time to do. When you have that intentional space to be with what is mm-hmm. and to let your body process whatever it needs to do, it's powerful. Yeah. 
You know, I was just teaching a rage ritual the other day, which was so much fun. It's one of my favorite things to teach. What's a rage <laughs> ritual? I just got a really rage, excited. <laughs> a rage ritual is so, it's basically you go through these rounds of doing some, you know, intentional breath to kind of build the fire in your body. And then you just give yourself a couple minutes to rage, mm. which for many women is very challenging. And so it comes out in other ways, right? Because we have been taught to be pretty and polite and quiet and yeah, all the things. Non-disruptive. Yes. So being mm-hmm. able to just like, let it out, punch a pillow, kick, have a tantrum, scream, rage dance, whatever it is. You give yourself a couple minutes to do that. And then you kind of slow it down and pause and give your body a chance to just like let that energy move. Mm. Come back to a place of, you know, feeling neutral and stable. And you do a couple rounds of it. And by the end... It's a good opportunity. You can like process things that maybe you've been holding down mm-hmm. so that you don't yell at your kids or so that you don't mm-hmm. pick a fight with your partner or so that, you know, something else doesn't set you off. Yeah. So it's again, the the intentional space. I love that yeah. intentional. Yeah. Because I think women are, we're, we're like, we're masters at even hiding stuff from ourselves, you know? So it's like we hide things so well that we don't even know we need to rupture it or, or rage it out. And I would yeah. assume that, Getting comfortable with the release around raging has to be tied a little bit to getting comfortable around the release of orgasming. No, like that's it. That really is it. Yes, it so is because that primal energy, yeah. right? And and being able to embrace that is what can get you really in your body. So you don't care what it looks like because that primal sexuality, that primal aliveness is coming out of you. You can be ugly and primal, and you know when you're raging your face is not going to be making, you know, it's not like what we learn on porn or the movies oh, about what yeah. sexy is supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. true. Like that primal rawness. That's what's so yummy when you can get to that space with yourself yeah. and then with your partner. And so playing, like letting your body explore these expressions does, you're like, you're saying it translate per- perfectly into sex. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's exciting. So I think here's here's a big message for everyone listening. Like if you're feeling like you aren't really embodied in yourself during your sexuality and your orgasm, get comfortable with like letting loose in other ways. I think that's because you're right. There is a lot. I hadn't really thought of it that way. And yet it makes so much sense, you know, where we like we're really focused on how we look or how we feel in the moment. And and really that's everything against what sex is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a deep connection, a release, a a comfortable, safe space. Yeah. That letting go of control is so key and such a challenge often. So. Yeah. How, sorry, I I can't keep going, going, let me ask one more question and then what we could, you know, then I'll, I want, and want to tell everyone how they can find you, but like how many women do you think, are really just discovering the depths of their sexuality at this stage. Is there like, are there statistics that you would know around that? You know, what's interesting is I wish there were more, but sadly this nobody talks about is it. Not the, yeah. Well, and the studies aren't always accurate, right? So yeah. what I do know is that just through the women that I worked with and the women coming through my programs and other programs that I teach is that so often this is the turning point where people are like, I am ready to put myself first in all the ways I am ready to experience my life. You know, it's been for someone else all this time, or maybe you've been a caregiver. Maybe you're, you're growing, your kids are older, um, whatever it is, but it's like, this is a time for me. And oftentimes it can feel like a really challenging period because you're looking at 
well, now like the first half of my life is over and Mm -hmm. what's next. But that's also, there's so much freedom in that. Mm -hmm. And also like reclamation of, I want pleasure that I'm entitled to. I want Mm -hmm. the fun that I'm entitled to. I want to like live the best of my life. Yeah. I'm in it for the longevity and the goodness of it. Right. Vitality of it all. Oh, that's so good. I could probably talk to you forever. (laughs) So thank you so much. This has been really great. So, you know, for all the listeners, you know, I hope that you took at least a sliver away of realizing how powerful this piece really is, why this is such a great opportunity now for us to focus on it, and that your struggle with your libido might be something you have a little bit more control of than you think. It's not just your body changing. Yeah, yeah. So how do we find more? I'm going to put everything in the show notes anyway, but if people want to learn more from me, because I already do, I already want to know, like, how do I start to dig more into this? Because I feel excited after this call. Oh, thank you. Well, you can find me at, I'm on Instagram at abtesta. You can go to my website, amandatesta.com. And if you go to amandatesta.com slash the goods, then that's where I have all kinds of goodies and um, great things you can download to support you in this journey, as well as I have a podcast as well called Find Your Feminine Fire Podcast. And we talk about juicy things like this all the time. So you can connect with me there. Juicy things. Go and check out the podcast, everyone. Thank you so much, Amanda. This I thank you for your openness. You have such a, a beautiful, calming energy, especially around something that can be so uncomfortable for people. So thank you for being here today. Yes. Thank you, Bria, for having me so much. Thank you. Okay, sisters. I want you to go out and not just be more in your life and less on a scale, but then less on a scale. But I want you to go out and start to explore the sensual side of yourself. And and if it pulls to you, make it a priority. All right, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.